What's up, loves? This is Level Obsession. I'm Queen. Hey, guys. How is everyone doing? Me, I'm all right. A little under the weather, but my heart is full. Amen. Um, I know I missed the last week, y'all. I've been feeling a little defeated, but I'm not going to quit. Um, start strong, finish strong, right? Um, how many of y'all been feeling like giving up? Um, don't just don't give up if you've been feeling like it. Um, some people been telling me, like my cousin, she told me, don't quit. I won't. Okay. Um, okay so today's story you guys i was the story the two stories well two of the stories that i was gonna do last week i was gonna do them two of the stories that i'm going to do today i was gonna do it last week it was gonna be last week's episode um but these stories are so fucked up like i just could not i could not um i could not Cause it's crimes against children, you guys. Um, so it's a few lessons that we're gonna learn today, and actually today's story is gonna be a compu- compilation of three short stories. Yes, short stories, meaning shorter than the average level obsession episode. <laughs> Cause y'all know I'm like the queen of short stories, and these short stories can get even shorter. You feel me? <laughs> But um, yeah, no, but no, it's a compila- compilation of three short stories. Two of the stories was gonna be an original love or obsession episode for last week, but I decided to give it up because I really wasn't feeling good, you guys. Um, I took a COVID test. I tested negative. Thank God for that. Um, but I think my daughter is kind of is she's she's sicker than all of us. Like the coughs, it seemed like they hurt, but she say they don't hurt. But she just got this never ending cough right we quarantining right now in case anybody was wondering okay so the first lesson that we're gonna get into parents stop being so fucked up to your children okay if you hate yourself it's not your kids fault okay all kids be trying to do is love their parents no matter how fucked up the parent is kids don't ask to be here and yes they require a lot of attention and yes they can be annoying okay it's not fair to push your children off on other people but if you're not healthy especially in the mind please find a safe place for your child and accept that you know that their safety doesn't lie with you because a lot of parents you know they be knowing that they be unhealthy in the mind and they know that they be head casey individuals and they just refuse to let their children go on and you know can have some type of secure and protective life you know because their safety don't lie within that parent okay okay second adults are not the only ones that cannot be trusted around children okay that's just and let me say that again adults are not the only ones that cannot be trusted around children you have to watch kids around other kids because both stories involve torture of a child by the parent. You know, one story led to death, but we go get into that because of allegations of children sexually assaulting children, siblings at that. Okay. 
Um, so these stories are fucked. Um, no other way to put it. They fucked. Um, I would like to put it out there that I don't believe neither parent in both stories. And I feel like mental health is involved in both stories. And if it was some truth to what the parents were claiming, the situation could have been handled differently, okay? Because these were truly kids, truly kids. Um, so let's get into the story. Um, the first story is um, the father, Ricardo Wimbush Sr., he was a former Georgia Tech football star. He, along with his wife, Therian, they considered themselves good parents. They prided themselves on having smart, polite, well-mannered children. I read a source that said that Therian and Ricardo Sr. sheltered heavily. They heavily sheltered their children and homeschooled them and taught them a lot at home. Um, Ricardo Jr., Ricardo Wimbush Jr., um, he's supposed to, this is the child in question. Um, at the time that this case went to court and everything, this child was 16 years old. And I think he's been in the situation, living in the situation that his parents imposed on him since he had to be around 14 or something like that. Okay, so Ricardo Wimbush Jr. is the child in question in this story. And he's supposed to have been inappropriate with a sibling along with other things like sneaking food and taking a DVD player um, that he wasn't supposed to take because he was on punishment. And when I said that he's supposed to have been inappropriate with a sibling, that's all his mother would say. I feel like the mothers in these stories just try to, try to justify their actions in court by trying to make it seem like the situation was severe. That's why their punishment was so, so severe. So I guess they was trying to make it seem like the punishment was matching the crime. And that's why they put these lies in, on their children. Because I feel like if he was inappropriate with one of his siblings, a situation could have been handled because they didn't go into what he's supposed to did. Was it supposed to be sexual assault? Was it a little molestation? I said a little molestation. It's no such thing as a little molestation. Molestation is molestation. Little, big, small is no such thing as little molestation. Let's not downplay, you know, any type of sexual abuse that people go through and endure at the hands of other people, especially when it's children. Okay. Um, so he was sneaking DVD plays and he was sneaking food when he was supposed to be on punishment. He slept in a closet in the basement, isolated from his siblings. At first he was living in the basement, but then they put him in a closet in the basement because the basement was used as recreation for the other children. So in order for the other children to come down and enjoy the recreation in the basement, Ricardo Wimbush Jr. had to then for sleep and live inside the closet in the basement. Um, his mother felt that he was untrustworthy. That's what it all came down to. Um, the child lived that way for 18 months. Another one of the couple's sons had a skin tumor um, that they didn't seek help for. The tumor was surgically removed and the child underwent chemotherapy. The Wimbush parents received a sentence of 20 years and 10 years probably probation after they served their 20 years. The couple had 10 children, and this was an Atlanta family. Um, so I'll, if I have any listeners in Atlanta, 
I'm pretty sure I don't, but I soon hope to. <laughs> um, all my Atlanta people out there, just let me know if you ever heard of this story or not. Um, the next woman is a Detroit woman, Michelle Blair. Mich- it's Michelle. Um, I wanted to call her Michelle, but it's not Michelle. It's Michelle because she spelled her name M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-E, Michelle Blair. Um, Stony. Stoney Ann Blair was 13 and her brother Stephen Berry was eight years old. They were found dead in a freezer in their Detroit home March of 2015. Their mother was sentenced to life in prison. Okay, and with this story, shout out to Alex, you know, the lady in red for the resources. She always put me up on good stories. Um, this story starts out as a woman being excited. Um, excited. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I told y'all I was under the weather, okay? Like, y'all want me to do this? Or did y'all want me to miss love or obsession weeks until I feel better, okay? Okay, so the the story starts out as a woman being evicted for non-rent payments. Authorities didn't find her, but they did find a deep, deep freezer in the living room of the apartment. Like, right in the middle of the living room. Um, inside of the freezer, astonished and shocked everybody. Um, the wrapped body of a young girl and underneath that was the wrapped body of a young boy inside the freezer. After a neighbor disclosed Mitchell's whereabouts, she was found with two more children, age 17 and age eight. After some questioning, Mitchell was arrested for murder. The children that were found in the freezer were um, were in that freezer for almost, almost three years. The mother confessed that she killed her quote unquote demons after finding out they were raping her youngest son who were, who was five years old at the time. Um, a claim that never held any weight, a claim that got more and more ridiculous and outlandish every time she spoke about it. Um, August 2012 is when she started beating and torturing her kids. She killed Stephen first and then Stoney about a year later. Um, Because her youngest son was displaying sexual movement using Barbie dolls or action figures, he was making the dolls kind of hunch each other. And um, Mitchell, the mother, came home and questioned him like, where did you get that from? Where did you learn that from? Did anybody ever do that to you? And then the little boy went on to say, yes, Stephen did. Um, And I feel like when you coach children like that, especially children between the ages of three to seven, I would say, like, you let them come and talk to you freely because kids do not have a problem coming to talk to you about anything. Kids will put you on blast. Kids will uh, call out your lies. You know, kids just don't, like, hold things in, especially when it's bothering them, unless they're being coached to do so. They're going to hold it in if they're being coached to do so. They're going to say things that they don't mean if they're being coached to do so. If you constantly ask a kid, what color is the sky? What color is the sky? What color is the sky? And they say blue repeatedly. If you keep on asking them, they're going to feel like what they're saying is wrong, and they're going to switch up their answer. And I feel like that's kind of what was going on in Michelle's case. Um, she confessed to things like holding a bag over her son's head until he lost consciousness. She threw scalding hot water on his genitals until his skin slipped off. 
And that was a necessary pause because I didn't give y'all no trigger warning beforehand. And these are actual events that this lady did to her child that she was proud to say that she done to her child and that she went on to say she will do it again. Um, so August 30th, 2012 is when young Stefan passed away due to the in injuries and torture by his mother's hand. Nine months after murdering Stefan, Michelle targeted Stoney. Michelle started with starving Stoney and then she brutally beat her until she passed away, May 2013. She said that she was going to turn herself in, but her youngest child said he didn't want her to go, so she made other arrangements. She wrapped her deceased children up and placed them in the freezer and continued to live life as if anything had happened, as if nothing had happened. Um, the children was in a freezer for almost three years and no one looked for them. Uh, one of the children's fathers, because Stoney and Stefan had different fathers, one of the children's father was just estranged, um, didn't come around when they known what happened to his child, um, you know, if it was written in the palm of his hand. Well, I can't say that. You know, I don't know the situation with these guys and what type of relationship that they had with Miss Chell. Because um, another father said, I think it was Stephen father. He was saying that whenever he tried to come around, no, it was Stony father because Stony father and Miss Chell's 17 year old child, she had a 17 year old, remember? When she was found, she had a 17 year old and an eight year old with her. That 17 year old and Stony shared the same father. That father said that when he used to come around and see his 17-year-old child, he used to always ask about Stoney. And Mitchell would say, well, she doesn't want to see you because that father wasn't even allowed in the home. And now we see why, because his child was dead in a freezer at the hands of the mother. Okay, um, a life sentence is what Michelle, Michelle received um, for two counts of first-degree premeditated murder. Michelle was 36 years old at the time. And that was um, a Detroit story. Um, Y'all missed that. Um, okay, so this last story is labeled the Covina Massacre. It happened December 24, 2008 in Covina, a suburb of Los Angeles, California, um, Christmas Eve. So this story is so unbelievable, y'all, but it's true. And it involves a man named Bruce Pardo and his ex-wife, Sylvia Ortega Pardo, and her family. This man was pure evil, and his demons were envious of Sylvia and her family, if you ask me. Um, December 24, 2008, around 11.30 p.m., Bruce Pardo was addressed. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit, and he knocked on the door of Sylvia's parents' home where she was celebrating Christmas with her family. <coughs> it was around 25 people in attendance at this family Christmas party. Um, on his person, dressed in his center suit, was around four 9mm semi-automatic handguns, and gift-wrapped was an air compressor converted to have gasoline spray out of it. Trigger warning. Kids are harmed in this story, as in all the stories. So trigger warning, you guys. Um, oh, and let me just say this real quick. Over the weekend here in Chicago, it was a Christmas gathering, um, showering of gifts to all the children um, who was shot here in Chicago. 
And yeah, the thought of it is very beautiful, but, and, and I'm pretty sure that made their day, but the fact that a headline like that even exists, it's like, I hate y'all for real. Like all these shooters, all these criminals, all these crooks out here, I really hate y'all. They, the city had to throw a party for all the gunshot victims here in Chicago, not regular gunshot victims or average gunshot victims, but children, all the children that were victims of gunshots. And then the sad part about it is that all the kids that they showed on the news segment were still like little babies. And what's even sad about that is that some of the children that was in attendance was there and they lost siblings to the to that gun violence. A mother was there, she was grazed in a bullet from being outside trying to protect her children but her son, but her daughter was inside taking a nap inside their home, taking a nap. And she, you know, died from a stray bullet coming into their home. So it's real sad. Y'all need to stop all that bullshit. Because the fact that you, they, the city has to throw a party for children who was gunshot victims in the city, that's fucking bullshit. Okay. But yeah, Sylvia's eight-year-old niece answered the door once Bruce came up to the door dressed as Santa. He knocked on the door. She was happy. She ran to the door like, Santa, Santa. I can only imagine, you know, and this motherfucker Bruce shot her in the face. Eight-year-old, his eight-year-old niece. Okay. Um, after that, he just proceeded to shoot up the party and then he used the compressor to spray gasoline and set fire to the house. Um, nine people died that night from either gunfire or flames, and three others were wounded. Um, thank God Sylvia's niece survived, you know, her wounds, um, being shot point blank in the face. She survived, but I can't say that, you know, it was an easy situation for her, you know. Um, who could say, you know, her wounds were very severe, but she lived. Um, the fire, he said, took almost two hours to extinguish. After all of that, Bruce Pardo drove 30 miles away to his brother's house and trigger warning, um, he shot and killed himself. Bruce murdered his ex-wife, her mother, her father, two of her brothers, and three of her sisters and a nephew died by fire. Um, so why would someone do something like that? Well, um, I, I want to say, I guess, a nasty divorce. Um, Bruce had no history of violence, nor had a criminal record. The couple, um, Bruce and Sylvia, wedded in 2006, and they divorced June 2008. Um, courts ordered Bruce to pay $1,700, a little over $1,700 a month in spousal support, and that right there was supposed to have pissed Bruce off. He claimed that Sylvia was, quote, taking him to the cleaners, unquote. Um, he complained, you know, that I guess he was just real pissed off he had to pay the spousal support because he complained about things like Sylvia lived with her parents. She wasn't paying rent. She had a luxury car. She was taking gambling trips to Vegas, golf lessons, massage, massage, massages. <laughs> all of that, um, fine dining and on and on. So he was a dangerous man. Um, I wish she could have seen through that. Um, well, that was today's episode, you guys. Um, I hope you guys liked it. I will be back next week, next week, next Tuesday with another episode. You can find pictures on Instagram at love or obsession podcast for all messages and suggestions. Um, 
please contact me at love or obsession podcast at gmail.com it's queen i love you guys peace out